probably seen this uh, somewhere on Facebook or on YouTube. <laughs> James Hetfield and the news. It's crazy. There's a story behind these mashups. The best of the best are created by a guy named Bill McClintock, including this one. And he's on the phone with us from Pittsburgh. Bill, good morning. Good morning. Um, first of all, it's an honor to speak with you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think you can relate to this. There are good mashups and there are okay mashups and there are weak attempt mashups and when doing what we do for a living people send them to us based on their their favorite uh bands or songs or whatever and it 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 wasn't until this most recent one that i put two and two together all of the good ones came from you does that have you heard no I'm, i'm not i'm not being overly uh you know laying out platitudes it's it's true let's back up thank you i appreciate that well i told dwyer there's an interesting story is is it true that you are an elementary school like music teacher (laughs) that's true that's exactly where i am right now in my my music room at school (laughs) so yeah that's absolutely true so you're doing these on company time and that's really the reason we wanted to talk to you (laughs) this is a horrible waste of time Uh, time spent wisely is very important for a teacher to teach his students. And look at what you're doing in yours. I said, I said to Dwyer, my mom was a, a high school teacher for many years. She thought teacher institute days were a complete waste of time. She could be with her students. And I said, I picture this guy going, oh, you know what? I could take We Will Rock You mm-hmm. and pour some sugar on me or whatever the hell it is. Is that basically how this started? Well... I'll tell you, I mean, when I work on them, a lot of times it is during a school day, I'll be honest with you. Well, we won't I work on them in the morning and, and all that stuff, right. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it started, I guess I've been doing them like three and a half, almost four years. And, you know, I just wanted, the, the thing that really appealed to me was trying to create something new with material that everybody already knows. You know, so take two songs that are really popular, everybody knows them, and find find two that are just a perfect match. And the the, the trick that I think is that you you know you want to find two songs that have no business being together. Absolutely, but <laughs> absolutely. Because of the because of the musical elements that you know they're very compatible. They're in the same key, same tempo, but stylistically they're very different. But as long as they have those musical elements in common, then they're they're going to work. And the first one you did was which song? The very first one I ever did was, let me see, it was Steely Dan and Motley Crue. Okay. So it was Do It Again by Steely Dan and Looks at Kill by Motley Crue. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that was the first one I did. So there's something <laughs> is wrong with you going, you know, I bet these two could go together. <laughs> right. <laughs> but is is it with the, with the the discovery and the availability of the stripped down tracks makes it accessible for pretty much anybody to do this. You know what I mean? Like the That's vocal exactly tracks it. from exactly Van, right. Van Halen and, and Def Leppard and all of that make it easy, but still it's not 
perfect if you don't have a little bit of music knowledge. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you have to, like, I mean, myself, I've been studying music. I went to college for music. You know, I, I went to, to Duquesne University, which is in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, I have my undergraduate in music technology, so I learned how to do all the technology stuff back then. And, you know, I'd seen people doing mashups before. I saw them on YouTube, and I thought, well, I want, I want to give this a try. I think, <laughs> I think I can maybe come up with some good combinations. And, and that was pretty much it. You know, and it took me a while to find stuff that, that people really enjoy because, I mean, there's no money in doing it, so oh. the only real reward is doing a good job. Loving them and, yeah. and doing them a lot. Yeah, it, 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 that's exactly it. So I, I, you know, the, the first one that really took off was Marvin Gaye and Rat. <laughs> that was, um, I heard it round and round the grapevine is what I called that one. And then, you know, I started doing more like that, the, the ones that are just really opposite stylistically, and, and people love those. And I was listening to the, and I'm going, you know what? You've done what radio has tried to do. We're the station everybody can agree upon. Yeah, but you play songs that I don't like. <laughs> you take a song that I absolutely love, my wife hates, because she's not into metal. She's into the stuff that her girlfriends listen to, and you marry the two of them together, and it's magic. I think I have a typical yeah. reaction to uh, the uh, the Huey Lewis-James Hetfield mashup when I say, yeah, the Black Album. It's about as hard as Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do that with riding the lightning. I know that. Uh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Uh, the Ozzy Osbourne thing, where you mashed up Ozzy, well, it was Black Sabbath, with Chicago, twenty-five or six oh, yeah. to four. Uh, I love it. Somebody said, "Man, you should call this band Brass Sabbath." <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I never thought of that. Brass Sabbath, but it's. And the videos complete the entire package, you know. Ozzy is sitting there, and somebody wisely pointed out, Ozzy, you clap on the one and the three, not two and a half and four and a half. You know, he's completely out of... Um, what was one band I was going to ask you, do you get any cease and desist or do you get any anger directed at you from fans of this song or band? But one band actually loved it and put it to their Instagram. You're yeah, there's been there's been a few. There have been a, a, okay. quite a few bands who have who have shared the stuff that, that I've made. OK, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, just off the top of my head, um, Zach Wilde. Okay. Who was one of Ozzy's guitar guitarists, and, and he has his Black Label Society thing. I did one with well, one of their songs, and the Temptations were singing over the, the heavy metal riffs, and he loved it. He put it on his Instagram, I think, three separate times over a period of a couple months. Okay, you know, he he really loved it. Um, Nile Rogers is another one that was like probably the biggest one for me. He was uh, from Chic. Uh -huh. He was a guitarist and, you know, principal songwriter, and he's been, he's worked with so many acts over the years as a producer, and just, you know, I have a ton of respect for him as a musician. But I did one with uh, Sheik and Iron Maiden, and he <laughs> he loved it. He shared it all over the place, um, you know, just really saying, you know, Bill McClintock's a genius, all this stuff. I'm thinking, wow, for, you know, for him to say something like that is pretty incredible yeah so I, I thought that was fantastic well because the, the the technical aspect of what you do probably anybody could teach themselves to do it 
but the ability to to hear it enough to want to put the songs together that's where the ge- i think that's where the genius comes in that's where the creative beast lies you know what i mean um yeah, if, if yeah. you if you have pro tools and you know enough stripped vocals you could probably anybody could learn to do it but to he- to but to hear it and to hear the two songs of opposite formats and be able to kind of uh, weave them together in your head before you ever try to do it uh, the, you know, digitally, that's where the, I think that's where the, the art is in this. Yeah. I mean, pretty much <laughs> like, you know, when I was at Duquesne, I was studying, um, jazz arranging with Mike Tamaro, who was a professor there and, um, learned a lot. I, and I guess I applied a lot of what I learned there to doing mashups. I mean, they're, they're very different, but it's, it's a matter of, uh, looking at, at vocal lines and looking at phrase lengths and, and if the vocal line is going to fit in this song, you know, while all of, all the other instrumental stuff is going on so that nothing is, is stepping on the vocal line, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it different does. fills within and everything. So everything has to be spaced the right way. And that, that's a, a big part of it. And I think that's where a lot of other people who do mashups fall short. They don't really have a sense of that, you know, and how they really fit. Uh, with phrase lengths, how rhythms can complement each other, um, you know, how how the melodic line will fit over this harmony, but not over this harmony and, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot just, just from studying music in, in college. The, and I think I've applied a lot to a lot of it to making mashups. Even with technology, even with software, there's still some a lot of thought that has to go into it. And I, I played drums high school and somewhat in college, and my daughter is in marching band at Iowa. She's in the Hawkeye marching band, and I played one for her, and she's like, oh, yeah. she's like, okay, good. There, he, that's a, there's a key change there, and she's like counting out, and she's like, this is really good. This is really well done. I'm going to play this, and that's just it. So what for people who want to try this? Just Dwyer said, Pro Tools. You have to have more than that, but if you want to give it a go. What software are you using? Well, I use uh, Logic Pro X for Mac, and uh, it's similar to Pro Tools. You can do a lot of the same stuff, but it's it's basically, I don't know if you're familiar with GarageBand for yeah. Mac. That's mm-hmm. the, the free yep. software that, that comes on a Mac. It's, it's a really similar layout to that, but it just it does a lot more. You know, with time stretching, is, is really easy to do, um, pitch shifting, all that kind of stuff, you know, moving stuff around. Uh, between the tracks, and you know, it has a lot of free plugins that are really good. Okay. But that's that's what I use. Now, I started with GarageBand. The, the first maybe 20 mashups that I did were with GarageBand, and then it started to kind of take off. I'm like, I want to get something that's <laughs> going to make it a little easier to do these. <laughs> well, so, and, you know. and it's not just, you can't just speed it up. You speed it up, that changes the pitch. Then you have to pitch it to the correct pitch to match the tempo to match the other song tracks basically right yeah and the thing, well you can speed it up without changing the pitch or you can change the pitch without changing the tempo those are all independent but the the thing is and, and again it, it has to do with the thought that, that i put into it my goal is to find two songs that i have to change as little as possible mm-hmm. on both sides either the vocal or the instrumental just to make them sound as natural as I can, you yeah. know, so that they really have a natural fit to them. And, and those are the ones 
that tend to really take off and, and get a ton of views. Because if, if you start changing stuff on either side, then the, the integrity of one of the songs is lost. You know what I mean? I totally get it. Uh, it it's got to be close enough to where... To the average listener, it's indecipherable from the original song. If it's too much, it's like, exactly. hey, man, you're playing the record too fast or something. Um, exactly, yeah. Some, exactly. some of the comments, and I don't know if you've seen all of them, like people uh, will post comments on uh, Bill's YouTube channel, the page, and uh, some of the videos. You know you've made it when your song has been McClintocked. How about that? Uh, uh, did you see the one about how people want you to get a record deal and release a series? Now that's what I call mashups, just like the eighties. You know, now that's what I call music. I don't think I saw that one. No. Now that's what I call mashups. G- give your public what they that demand, Bill. Yeah. I, you know what? I should. I, I do. I need to do that. The thing about like getting the rights for these songs and all that stuff. You know, there's, there's just. Yeah, I don't know of any legal way to. You know, that, that's what you're. <laughs> I love to. That's know? what the assistant yeah. principal or you the know? principal has to work out. You've got to educate the children. They take care of all the paperwork, yeah, man. It'll take the fun right <laughs> out of it. It'll take the fun right out of it. Do you get requests <laughs> from people, fans, whatever? I do. I get a lot. Um, normally, I just ignore them because, <laughs> because it's just, a lot of times they'll request stuff where. The songs have similar titles to them and are absolutely in no way compatible musically. You know, they just want something that has a, a, the same title as another song, or their, their band names are the same or similar or, or whatever. There was uh, there was just one request that I got. It's the only one I ever did. Um, somebody suggested. Let me see what it was. Super Freak by Rick James and Rock the Casbah by The Clash. Okay and those two, and, and they, you know, he suggested that, and I just thought of it, and I, I happen to know that both of those are in A minor. They're around the same tempo. The phrases are pretty much identical. I'm like, yeah, that would actually <laughs> really work. And if it just if it clicks right there, if I see the two and I think, well, yeah, that, that could happen, then maybe I'll look into it and, and, and try to sort it out and see how it fits, see how it sounds. And it works. And that's what I did with that one, and it worked. Yeah. Uh... This is Bill McClintock on the phone with us from and Pittsburgh. He, and what he just told us is he doesn't take requests. He's, no requests. No man. requests. DJ, the thing about DJ request, no requests. Uh, before I figured out that you were the guy behind, and this was over Christmas break, I had this idea, and I fiddled around and wasted way too much time. I should have just called you up directly. And I, this is not a request, but hear me out. <clears throat> okay. I haven't seen anybody do... A tribute to heavy metal drummers, the little drummer boy. If you could strip away that, you know, pa rumpa pum pa. I tried to match up, find like Alex Van Halen has a bunch of them. There's a whole thing, and I can tell that you're really impressed by my creativity, and it's probably going to be one of those requests where you just ignore. But I'm laying it out there for next <laughs> Christmas because you did. What was it? Uh, uh, was it Marilyn Manson and? Uh, What's yeah. the, the Christmas and Mariah song? Carey. And Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 we say, Bill, is uh yeah, we'll try to get that on for you. I'll try to you. get that on for you, DJ boy. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good, that's a line you might want to, you know, get to know pretty pretty well. You better get on that cuz I'm going to be I like that. Uh-huh. But it it could be done, you know, a, a salute to drummers and some of them are so signature in their sound 
it's just like a guitar solo. You could, some people can hear a guitar solo. Like you pick out, you threw in a Ted Nugent guitar solo in the middle of one of your mashups that didn't belong there. People are like, hey, wait, that's Nugent. That's Stranglehold right. in there. Right. But it's, it's that kind of thing. You know what I mean? There, there are drummers who are identifiable by their sound. People don't necessarily, it's just a stick hitting a drum. But it, it is different. You can hear the difference between Alex Van Halen and, and, and uh, John Bonham or whatever. So right, yeah, that, that's actually not a bad idea. I was, I was so <laughs> Maybe trying I'll have to look into that. I was so trying to do Little Drummer Boy with the uh, the shuffle from Fool in the Rain because that track is out there. Oh yeah. Wow, this conversation just really took a turn into Sit nerd down. nerdville. Sit, go, it? go out and smoke with your burnout <laughs> friends. Bill and I are talking. We're 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 making music together. <laughs> okay, then good. Just a good a question. Bill, you wanna sit in here and talk with Michaels about the shuffle for drummer boy or you wanna burn one out in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering where your mindset is. You said you were a teacher. I, I don't know. Lawyers <laughs> out there with the art kids, the ones that are never going to amount to anything, while you and I are busting our ass. <laughs> The Purdy <laughs> Shuffle. The Purdy Shuffle. Oh, Learn it, Dwyer. Oh, the Purdy Shuffle. Yes. There you go. Uh-huh. All right, brother. Well, I, I I knew there was a story behind these things, and clearly you're aware of the attention that you've garnered. Uh, somebody said, so doesn't YouTube, can you make a little money off of your YouTube channel? Or no? That was a question from, from no. a listener. You don't? No. None? Yeah, no, not nothing. Uh-uh. You don't, nothing at all. It's, um they don't pay me because I don't own the rights to the songs. So they, have, you know, any money that's generated through ads just goes right to the record company. So, and that's the thing. Like I mean, when I started this, I never thought it would, would catch on, really. Um, and I was just making them for fun, you know, because I enjoyed doing it. And and then once it started to catch on, it, it was really fun to see people's reaction. But no, YouTube won't pay. They won't pay me anything. And anyone who does anything similar using copyrighted material. You don't get a dime. Nothing. Well, one of them got pulled. Like, it, it's banned in our country, but if you go to, like, YouTube, uh, you know, Australia, it's still legal there or something. Um, I clicked on one, that and happened. it was gone. Really? Okay. I mean, that happens a lot. Either they'll they'll be blocked or, or YouTube can pull them all together. I mean, the record companies will file a, a formal complaint, you know, and say that this has to be taken off, and then YouTube doesn't have a choice. Yeah. It's just that, you know, YouTube's so big, they get so so many views. So, I mean, record companies, a lot of times they don't want that. They don't want their stuff messed with. They don't want it on there. They don't want any unauthorized use of the, the stuff that they own, which, I mean, I get. But at the same time, I'm not getting anything from it anyway. So what's, what's the harm in just leaving it there, right. you know? Well, and it's this is just a hobby for you. And if right. if anything, if it gets kids, people... Uh, who the general public interested in music and and hearing things a different way there was a really insightful comment on one of them i know both of these songs individually but when he mashed them up together a new creation was born and it, i'm like you know what that's exactly right there's something different yeah. yet it sounds very very familiar if it sounds familiar it's but, not yeah. <laughs> Right, right. And that's, I think that's what I, I strive for for all of them, is to create something that sounds new, even though you know the two songs, 
but put them together and it's, it's a whole new thing that's created, you know, and that, that's really the fun of it for me. Okay. That's what I love. So, and, and I, I like that people recognize that too. And then, you know, a lot of times they'll say, well, that these, this combination is amazing. I like this better than both original songs, you know, which is another thing that record companies probably don't like. You know? Right. <laughs> they used to see comments like that, you know, which, but and it's a huge compliment to me. But I could see how record companies wouldn't wouldn't like something yeah. like that. If they can't monetize that love, they don't want to hear about it, and they don't want to hear it. Right. <laughs> and and staying yeah. staying yeah. under the radar by not making any money off your YouTube channel, that still that gives you the artistic license and freedom to continue to do it at your <laughs> leisure. You know what I mean? This is something that you obviously exactly. get a ton out of, and it keeps you sharp, and it uh, you know, and it's enjoyable. As soon as you start having to deal with the uh, the analytical side of it uh, it'll it, and it takes the it takes the fun right out of it you know but the tools are there yeah, and available same. for anybody to try yeah it, you know yeah yeah absolutely and I, I never wanted it to feel like a job you know you know i have a job i don't want it i don't want anything else to add to any kind of stress that i have you know it's just it's a fun thing yeah. so it's i just want to keep it as a hobby boy preach i got the hardest job man you would not believe the 5 work. 30 to 10 we bust our ass and then our work, wives come work, home work. and nag us it's a, work, it's a nightmare work, work. <laughs> uh here's another comment from a listener come on michaels settle down you're scaring this guy you know what pat uh <laughs> I do get a little too into it because yeah, we put the lid on it. We're okay. I know. You know? I know. They they, they 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 like to make me feel small, but it's not working. Uh, anyway, it was a pleasure uh, to talk to you. The uh, the James Hetfield Huey Lewis and the News mashup. I think that just came out what two days ago. Uh, three. Three days. I put it, uh, Monday. I put it out. Yeah. Somebody wants to know how long does yeah. it take you to do this? It's. Uh... To come up with an idea can take a long time. Like, you know, I'll just sit and um, just look through songs that I have. A lot of times I'll go on um, like the Apple Music Radio and just listen to song after song and think if I can think of a vocal line that'll go over a song or, or vice versa. So that takes, I mean, I could do several sessions of just sitting for a couple hours trying to find something. But then once I have a combination, I start to, to kind of make it work, putting them together, start to finish I would estimate like maybe fifteen to twenty hours, okay. somewhere around there. You, you know, I'm, so I mean, it takes a while. I'm I'm hearing you talk about this, and and, and I'm not. I don't want to insult you, uh, but this. When you said how many hours it takes, it reminds me of back in college when you would work at a club. Okay, and you don't have digital tools; you have two turntables. And and you think about bands like the Beastie Boys and and other bands who started using uh, you know sampling, which is uh, which is really a rudimentary form of of what you've created. This is his is next level sampling. Yeah, it's um, but but that's kind of what it's born from. And and when we would play music yeah. in the clubs. You know, you have such a wide variety of people, and so you would play everything from house music to top forty, but you would mix in a vocal line or a beat track from a popular song while you're playing a dance song because you wanted to, one, let the dance people know what's coming up and get them enthusiastic by hearing the line of a song it mixed in to a song they don't care about. You know what I mean? Especially, like, I'm thinking of, like, gotcha. all the guys from the fraternities who are hanging out at the taverns and the bars that you're playing music at. They don't care about whatever the dance song is, but they love My Sharona, 
So you can take those, <laughs> seriously, you can take those lines of that chorus from My Sharona and mix it into the break of a disco track. And then and, all of a sudden they're going, nah, 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 it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't even know it. It's like a magic trick. It's just weird, right? So, right. Yeah. It's, I, I love how you've created this, your own little art, man. It's very cool. You perfected, I guess. Well, be thank better. you. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we're going to share a, a bunch of your videos. There's, I think it's safe to say, if you go to twodorks.com, you'll find one that appeals to you personally. You might go, hey, man, oh, yeah? you, don't, you don't never do anything with Dio. Dio is a god. And then you hear it and you go, okay, all right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. So uh, let's, uh, we'll, we'll post those up there. We'll share the link. And I tell you what. If you do the little drummer boy thing, I don't want any credit for it. I just want to hear what you do with that. Will, will you debut it this time at Christmas on our show? That's the only thing I want. How's that sound? Sure. All right. Sounds great. All right, man. Perfect. Great to talk to you. All right, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, you bet. Have a good day, Bill. Okay, you too. Take care. All right, see ya. Bye. Uh, Bill McClintock. The, he's Mr. Mashup. There's a ton of them. Um, I think he's got 20 or 30 that are... Uh, he gets better as he goes. Mm. Some of the older ones aren't as slick as the newer ones. You can see him, uh, some of them at twodorks.com, but be careful because you'll spend all day there. You spend all day. Be careful. Yep. 